0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsdaya, and today we will be studying Duff 34, Lamid Dalit, in the third chapter of Masechet Sukkah. The Mishnah, on the bottom of 33b, takes up the probably most known issue that we all face during Sukkot, Aravah gizolah v'yevesha pasol. In here I don't mean so much the problem of someone nicking willow branches in Central Park or from your neighbor's duck pond, but that of a dried willow. I remember one year when I bought my set on Erev and the next morning when I took my arava out, all its leaves had turned black and dropped off when I just looked at them. Since then I have become an expert in all kind of secret remedies to prevent my arava from drying out, dropping its leaves or turning black. I believe many of us have certain tricks that we swear by and trade over Kiddush with our less fortunate friends. Now the Mishnah teaches us that an arava that is completely dry is indeed Pasul, but if its leaves are only withered, meaning not completely dry yet, it is still considered kasher, valid. If the majority of its leaves are still attached to the stem, it is still valid. But if most of them have fallen off, it is pasul. Now how many willow branches are needed? Abba Shaul Omer, Arve, Stein. Abba Shaul says, because Arve is plural, this would indicate two. And then he says, one for the Lulav and one for the mikdash. Now the Gemara now asks, from where do we know that one of the willow stems is an allusion to the Mikdash, the Rabbanan la Mikdash minahu. and introduces a term, Hilchta Lehu. they have his halakha passed down. It indicates that law or tradition actually has no scriptural anchor in the Torah, but is part of a tradition that was handed down from Sinai, Halakha le Moshe as it is also referred to just two lines down. One needs to keep in mind that these laws have the same authority as laws that are specifically mentioned in the Torah or connected with a specific pasuk. Now, let's move on to the very top of 34b and look at the Mishnah there. Mm -hmm. Rabbi Yishmael Omer, Shloshah hadasim, Usteh agavot, Lulah vehad, Veetrog ehad. Rabbi Ishmael says, three hadassim, two aravot, one lulav, and one etrog. This should this should sound familiar to most of us. The Tosafut, de Buhamatril, Arav Nachal, says, that even someone who takes a couple of hadassim and aravot, meaning more than what Rabbi Ishmael mentions, is not considered baal tosef. Now the Shulchan Aruch in Ora Chaim tafresh Nun Aleph Seif Katan Tet Vav uh, 65115 says Lo Yatul yuter Milulav Echad VeEtrog Echad Aval Hadas VeHadas Musivba Kol Mashiach Yirze, and then he continues Hamedak Tinkim Einam Musifim Al Stei Aravot VeShlosha Hadasim. So according to the Shulchan Aruch. It is indeed permissible to use more than two Aravot and three Hadassim, but the Shulchan Aruch the Mechaba says that the preferred custom is not to do so and to stick to the two Aravot and the three Hadassim. Now, our Gemara lists a statement of Rabbi Akiva: "Kishem she lulav echad ve echad, kach hadas echad ve echad. Just as one lulav and one etrog is needed, so, too, only one hadas and one araba is needed. Interestingly, our Gemara doesn't do anything with this claim of Rabbi Akiva. It just hangs there. In our version of the Gemara that most of us will be working with, the next statement by Rabbi Eliezer is actually stated as a reply to Rabbi Akiva. Amalo lo Rabbi Eliezer. But then, if you look at the statement of Rabbi Eliezer, his comment has nothing to do with Rabbi Akiva's claim. So again, I looked at some manuscripts, and the manuscript in the Vatican also has Amalo Rabbi Eliezer. But then there is a manuscript in the JTS library, the Rab 108-135. The manuscript reads Amar Rabbi Eliezer. So here, in that manuscript at least, no link between Rabbi Eliezer's statement and the previous statement of Rabbi Akiva is made. It looks here like Rabbi Akiva's statement just fell flat to the ground. Rabbi Eliezer discusses how we know that the Etrog is not tied up in a bundle with the other three species. He derives at his conclusion by looking what the verse says. Kri etz kapott marim, va'anav etz avod ve'arve and not pri etzhadah, the kapot tmarin, et cetera. Rashi really explains this in detail. Because the Torah joins the last three with the conjuncture v and we know that these three should be put together. But the first one mentioned, pri hada, our etrog, is not joined with the waf, and hence should be separate. Now let's move on to the next Mishnah that starts 14 lines from the bottom of 34 Bet. That is the Mishnah of the Bumpy Lemon, a.k.a. the Etrok. Etrok Hakazul gasul v'hayavash-Pasul and continues to discuss the status of an Etrok that is Ola, or Truma, or Demai, or Masashani. Now the next section of the Mishnah that discusses the external criteria of an Etrok Alta chazazit al robo ni mit pitmaton ni klaf ni stak ni kav v'haser kolchehu pasul. An etroc that has boils chazazit on the majority of its surface, or where the pitam broke off, or it was peeled, split, or punctured, and a part is missing, is not kosher. Nital nika kol kasher, but if its stem broke off or it was punctured but nothing else is missing, it is considered kasher. Hayarok kekarti Rabbi Meir Yehuda posel. Now, if we're talking about an etrog that is green, really, really green, like a leek, it is kosher according to Rabbi Meir, but Rabbi Yehuda considers it pasul. The last part of the Mishnah talks about the acceptable size, the acceptable shiur for a valid etrog. Halachic shiurim play a role when determining when a certain amount has a legal implication or not. Another example is when we fast on Yom Kippur. What amount of food constitutes eating halachically? Now, the more famous measurements that we encounter frequently in the Talmud discussions are kezait, kebeitzah, the kezayt is the size of an olive, Kebetsa is the size of an egg, and hakatovat Takasa the size of a large date. Obviously, you're going to ask, well, what size of an olive, what size of an egg, or what size of a date? And so does the gemara as well. And in the subsequent discussions unfolds very often an attempt to determine, now, how large is the average egg, the average olive, or the average date? Now here in our Mishnah, the size for a valid etrog is ke'egos, like a walnut, according to Rabbi Meir, but ke'beza, according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And we will be looking tomorrow at the Gemara's discussion of our Mishnah.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epic chorus album One Bead. Available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.